Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Book 2. The Earth Under the Martians. Chapter 3. The Days of Imprisonment. The arrival of the second fighting machine drove us from our peephole to scurry. We feared that from his elevation, a Martian might see down from upon us behind our barrier. At a later date, we began to feel less in danger of their eyes. For an eye, a dazzle of sunlight outside our refuge must have been blank darkness. But at first, the slightest suggestion of approach drove us into scurry, heart-throbbing retreat. Yet terrible as was the danger we incurred, the attraction of peeping was for, was for both of us irresistible. I recall now with sort of wonder that in spite of infinite danger which we were between salvation and still more terrible death, we could yet struggle bitterly with that horrible privilege of sight. We raced across the kitchen a grotesque way between eagerness and dread of making a noise and strike each other, a thrust and kick with a few inches of exposure. The fact is that we had those absolutely incomparable dispositions and habits of thought and action, of dangers and isolation only accentuated incompatibility. I had already come to hate the courage trick of the helpless explanation, stupid rigidity of mind, his endless muttering monologue, Violated every effort I had to think out of a line of action, drove me at times as pent up, intensified almost to the verge of craziness. He was lacking in restraint as a silly woman. He would weep for hours to, together. I verily believe to the very end this spoiled child of life, through his weak fears in some way effectuous. I would sit in the darkness, unable to keep my mind off him, a reason of his imprudence. Yet when I did, it was in vain, I pointed out. Only chance of life was to stop in the house until the marshes had done with their pit. That the long patience of a time had come when we would we should need food. Yet and drank impulsively, heavy meals at long intervals. He slept little. A days wore on his utter carelessness, any consideration so intensified the distress and danger that I had, much as I loathed doing it, resulted to frets, at last the blows, brought in for reason for a time. But he is one of those weak creatures, void of pride, to minister to make hateful souls full of shifty cunning, who face neither man nor God nor man, but who face not even themselves. It is agreeable for me to recall and write these things, but I set down, down, that my story may lack nothing. Those who might have escaped the dark and terrible aspects of life will find my brutality, my flash of rage, in our final tragedy easy, easy enough to blame. 
if they knew what it, if they know what is wrong as well as any, but not what is possible to torture men. But those who have been under the shadow, who have gone down at last to the ter- for elemental things, will have a wider charity. Clarity. While within we thought out our dark, dim concepts of whispers, snatched food and drink and gripping hands and blows, that in a pit of sunlight of the terrible June was a strange wonder the unfamiliar routine of the Martians in the pit. Then we turned to those first new experiences of mine. After a long time we ventured back to the people, find the newcomers being forced by the occupants of no fewer free the fighting machines. He last had brought with them certain fresh appliances and stood in an orderly manner about Senator. The second busy machine was now complete. It was busy in serving one of the local contrivances. The machine had brought it. Yes, the body was only milk can, general form above, which oscillated a pear shaped receptacle, and which a stream of white powder flowed. Circle basin below. The oscillating motion imparted to this by one technical of the handling machine. The two spectacled hands, the engine machine was digging out and flinging massive clay into the pear shaped receptacle above, while with another arm, Predry opened a door and removed dusty and blackened twinks because in the middle of part of the machine. Now a steely technical directed the powder the base along a rib channel towards some receiver that was hidden for me by the mound of blushed dirt dust. From this unseen receiver a little thread of green smoke rose virtually into the quiet air. I locked the hand of the machine with a faint and musical clinking, in standing telescopic fashion, tentacle had been a moment before a mere blunt of projection projection until its end was hidden could find the mound of clay. Another second, it lifted a bar of white aluminium sight, and garnished as yet, and, and tarnished as yet, and shining dazzling, dazzlingly. Twisted in a glowing stack of bars, it stood outside the pit. Between sunset and starlight, this dexterous machine must have made more than a hundred such bars of crude clay, and a mound of blush dust rose steadily until it it toppled, topped the side of the pit. Contrast between the shift and the complex movements, these convenient trifences, inert painting, scumless, their masters acute. On the days I had to tell myself repeatedly that these latter intend a living of the two things a culprit had possessed of the slit. When the first man brought to the pit, the sitting below huddled up, Listening with all my ears, he made a sudden movement backward, a fearful, he was reserved, crouched in a spasm of terror. He came sliding down the rubbish, crept beside me in darkness, in that intercalate, gesturating. For a moment I shared his panic. His gesture suggested a resonation of slit. And after a little while, my crossy gave me courage. I rose up and stepped across him, climbed up to it. At first I could see no reason for his frantic behaviour. Twilight had now come. The stars were little and faint. The pit was illuminated. A flickering green fire came from illuminated, flicking 
Luminary making, the whole picture was a flickering scheme, a green gleams of shifting rusty black shadows, strangely trained to the eyes. Over and through, though, it all went the back, hating it or not at all. The swirling, rolling Martians no longer to be seen. Man of blue-green powder risen to cover them from sight of fairy machine, with his legs contracted, crumbled and abbreviated, bre- bre- stood across the corner of the pit. Then amid the clangor, machinery came a drifting suspension human voices that they entertained at first, only to dismiss. I crouched, watching his fighting machines closely, satisfying myself now, for the first time, that the hood did indeed contain a Martian. As the green flames lifted, I could see this oily gleam of his injudgment, in- brightness of his eyes, and suddenly heard a yell and saw a long tentacle reaching over the shoulder of the machine, the little cage that hunched upon its back. Then something, something struggling violently, was lifted high against the sky, a black, vile, vague, en- en- enigma against the starlight. As this black object came down again, saw a body of green darkness, black brightness. There was a man for an instant. He was clearly visible. He was stout, roadie, middle-aged man, well-dressed. Three days before, he must have been walking the world, made a considerable conquest. He could see staring eyes, a gleam of light. He studs a watch chain. He vanished behind the mound. Mound, and for a moment, a silence. Then began a shrieking, a sustained, a cheerful hooting. For the Martians, I stared down the rubbish, struggled to my feet, clapped my hands over my ears, and bolted in the scullery. Turret, turret, curate, who had been crouching silently with his arms over his head, looked up as I passed, cried out quite loudly. My desertion of him came running after me. A night to be lured in the scullery, balanced between our horror and terrible fascination. His peeping head, although I felt an urgent need. Of action, I tried his evade, conceive, and plan of escape. And afterwards, during the second day, he was able to consider our point position with great clearness. Correct, I found was quite incapable of discussion. This new and culminating atrocity had robbed him of the verges. Of all the verges, reason of forethought. Practically, he had been had already sunk to the level of animal. But as the saying goes, I gripped myself, fell with both hands. Grew upon my mind, once I could face the facts, the terrible as our position was, there was as yet no justification for utter despair. As of despair, our chief chance lay in the possibility, Martians laying in a pit nothing more than a temporary encampment, or even if they kept it permanently, they might not consider it necessary to guard it, a, a chance of escape might be afforded us. I also weighed very carefully the possibility of our digging a way out, a direction away from the pit, but the chances of them emerging from sight, some central freight machines, seeing the first too great, I should have had to, I should have not to do, had to do all the digging myself, correct, would certainly have failed me. It was on the third day, in my, my research, me right, saw the lad killed, it was one occasion of which I actually saw Marshall's feed, I let my spirits, I avoided a hole in the wall, but I had a part of the day, I sweat 
went into the scullery, removed the door, and spent some hours digging on a hatchet as silently as possible. When I had made a hole about a couple of feet deep, loose earth collapsed so noisily. I did not dare continue. I lost heart, lay down on the scullery floor for a long time, having his spirit even to move. And after that, abandoned altogether the idea of escaping by anticipation. It was said as much for the impersonation of the Martians they had made upon me. At first, I entertained little or no hope of our escaping, being brought out by their overthrow through any human effort. But on the fourth or fifth night, I heard a sound of heavy guns. Very late in the night, the moon was shining brightly. Miss Arshans, taking away this escape machine, and save her fire machine, they stood in a motor bank of the pit, a handling device that was buried out of sight in the corner of the pit, immediately beneath my hippie arm, places deserted by them, set for the pale glow of the handling machine, a bars of patches of white moonlight. The pit was in darkness and set for the clinking of the handling machine, still quite still. And that was a beautiful sonority, save for one planet. The moon seemed to have a sky to herself, and I heard a dog howling. That familiar sound was that made me listen, that I heard quite distinctly a booming exactly like the sound of great guns. Six distant reports they found counted, and after long interval, six again. That was all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.